Hi everyone, welcome to the B2B Sales Podcast. I'm Ada. And I'm Thibaut. Every two weeks, we interview top leaders, experts, and top performers in B2B sales. And every other week, we'll share tactical tips and insights on how to start conversations, generate opportunities, and close deals faster. We are on a mission to change the way society sees sales. This profession is one of the most rewarding ever. Yet many people are afraid to do sales or they choose this career by default. This podcast is brought to you by Sales Labs. If you want to submit your questions and guest suggestions, you can join the T-shaped sales community. It's a 10 euro month subscription where you'll get access to one new tactical training every month, a community of sales reps and exclusive events and discounts. Join today and get one month for free at www.saleslabs.io slash TSC. So get ready for your dose of sales wisdom and enjoy the show. So hi, everyone. Uh, welcome to this new event. Uh, today, we're receiving our good friend, Justin Michael. So Justin, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's uh, zero dark 30 here in Santa Barbara, California. A good place to live. I mean, I guess the prince and princess of England like it. So uh, yeah, can't complain. How's <laughs> life? Uh, uh, it's good. I didn't know. So you mean like uh, the prince, what's the, the name of the princess? It's Megan. They, they're, she's living there, right? Yeah, actually, I think it's... Um, Oh, I'm not going to remember the names now of the royal family, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> I think there's Charles. No, no, Charles is the old one. There's William or Harry, and then Meghan, uh, the the actress, who's like, uh, yeah. Oh, I, I think. It, oh, it is. It is Harry and Meghan. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah she's much better than Britain here, like uh, in Santa Barbara. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, we have Oprah Winfrey here and Ellen DeGeneres here, so there's a lot of royalty in the U.S. in the spot, but there's actually a lot of technology here because of UCSB. Yeah. So there's an incubator called the Technology Management Program, and a ton of startups are here. And venture capitalists have moved down here and move up and down from San Francisco and L.A. to Santa Barbara. So it's been a great place to be over the last uh, 25 years in tech. Yeah. But I've also I've also lived in San Francisco and Manhattan and Seattle, so I've had my taste of the technology cities pre-pandemic. Yeah. Yeah, that's that, that's pretty cool. I mean, that's uh, ne- never been to Santa Barbara. I've been to San Francisco. And I didn't really like it so much, uh, to, to be honest. I thought it was just, uh, uh, it, I thought it would be better in my dreams. But uh, I love the, the kind of like uh, the, um, uh, the countryside. I think it was super nice. So it's a beautiful place. Yep. So, um, Justin, uh, I'd love to, to not, so today we're going to talk about building like a killer outbound sequence. So before yeah. we dive into it, can you maybe uh, share a bit more about, about you for people who, do, who don't know you, like who, who are you and, uh, and what you're doing? Yeah. So um, I'm Justin Michael and uh, I don't really have a role anymore. I was a seller. I carried a bag for 20 years. Um, I worked for Salesforce, LinkedIn, Sean Parker, and was part of probably a dozen startups in some kind of revenue capacity. I worked my way up to a VP of SaaS sales, primarily in advertising and marketing technology. And then I got to run operations for an ambitious startup called Outbound Works, where we worked with a hundred startups. We scaled to a $10 million run rate uh, in a very short period of time, about six months. And we sent millions of emails out of about a hundred instances of outreach and sales loft. And we were building artificial intelligence-based personalization at scale, which is one of the reasons I talk a lot about relevance at scale, because there's a lot of risks in just personalizing. So after doing that, I launched my own consultancy where I work with um, primarily tech startups all over the world to crack the top funnel. And my methods are based on neuroscience. Um, I'm not a scientist, I'm self-taught. 
I read a lot of books and applied them. But over time, I found various hacks that were missing in email and in calls and in digital communication that no one had seen before. So I released a system. I've trained over a thousand people in it. And it's been wildly successful because it's so different. Um, if you think of any email template you've ever seen, mine is radically different. Any phone script you've ever heard of, mine is radically different. So uh, I'm not sure it's better. It's just the prospects are not seeing this coming. And it does seem to fit more with how our brains process information. So we can talk about that. Yeah. And so uh, now I run an international consultancy here based out of Santa Barbara, California. And uh, I like long walks on the beach and jazz. I mean, what can I say? <laughs> that's that's pretty good. Cool. Uh, no, that's pretty amazing. And uh, um, for the, st the story, actually, um, you talk a lot, as you said, about personalization, about like, uh, um, you know, you have a radically, as you said, different approach. And when we got in touch, I, I actually, you sent me a bunch of message a few times, and I didn't know if it was really you or automation or whatever. And I was like, I can't say. So this guy is super smart, you know, because I really can't say if it's, if it's a machine or not. So uh, can you maybe tell us a bit more about these kind of templates and, and what are the, the key principles you're, you're living by? Yeah, so the first thing I isolate is I just looked at the tech investment. I thought, well, how do we communicate when we care about someone? We don't write a three-paragraph email. The only time we would see three-paragraph email is from an attorney or a professor or tax you know, agency from the government, healthcare, maybe a letter in the mail. So I realized like TikTok, Snap, Facebook Messenger, Instagram, you know, every single platform is going short form. I started looking at it. The average three paragraph email takes 13 seconds for the brain to process, mm -hmm. whereas um, a three sentence email only takes the brain three seconds to process. So I thought, okay, let's try very short, compacted, short form communication. So I created these things called Spears, kind of an homage to Aaron Ross, because mm -hmm. he had net seeds and Spears and Spears were kind of outbound, nets were marketing inbound and seeds were word of mouth. But for me, Spears are just hyper short messages with no formatting that are under 250 words, three sentences, the subject line is one to three words. I worked in um, mobile native apps and worked with companies like Uber and Starbucks and Amazon for years. And the thing about mobile responsive design is I make my messages just three sentences all together in, in one line. Cause you get 18, you get 18 words in the preview text um, on an iPhone or Android. So you have to like secure that real estate. So what I figured out is that email is not about words, it's about visual. So if you put a visual in an email, the brain processes it 60,000 times faster, 60,000 times, yeah. which is absolutely wild. So I started to build Venn diagrams and nest them in the email sequences. So I've got these email sequences that look like chats that don't look automated. And then not the first or second, but the third, I'll nest an image and the image unlocks like five, 12 touches. Yeah. So I was also involved in a book called Combo Prospecting with my mentor, Tony J. Hughes, where I was the case study, the cyborg case study based on that company that I helped scale and it was acquired. Um, so that was my isolation around email. And so we have these wildly divergent scripts that cut through the open rates go way up. Yeah. And um, then I thought about phone scripting and what do we do there? And I'm telling you, every single person has the same call script. It's all the reason for my call. The only, um, the only difference is that Sandler had, hey, I hate making a cold call, you hate getting it. So that was a pattern interrupt. And Sandler, yeah. Sandler did that well, so that still works. So what I decided is um, rather than calling someone and persuading them to talk to me, I have this framework where I use tone 
So, right, email is not scripts and words, it's visual. And phone, we all know it's tone, but I actually isolated that phone is about power. So I call people that, what's the VP of IT? And I say, who's in charge of the VP, you know, who's in charge of your IT? And they say, I am. And so there's this weird moment where I ask a question at the top of a cold call, it forces them to say their name and say what they do. And it's super disarming. And, and, it, okay. and it, I saw this route ruin multiply theory, which we'll talk about today. And it's a pitch later framework okay. where you find out what the prospect's in charge of, validate their existing solution, and then pitch later as a multiplier. So it's these three pattern interrupts. Everything I'm doing is about heuristics, like meta frameworks. It's about emotional res resonance because fear and pain really convert. Um, yeah, so that's, that's it in a nutshell. That's super nice. Uh, like, uh, would we would we be able to kind of like simulate a, a call call where you're you're kind of call calling me and uh, and seeing how it works? Yeah, definitely. Um, let's see. Um, what do you want me to sell you on? <laughs> Just whatever you could say. I'm like, yeah, as you said, uh, uh, in a, let's say a CTO, for example, and you're trying to sell me like uh, an like a mobile SDK or whatever something you you, you have experience with. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you, let's just say that you're the VP of mobile. Okay. VP of mobile. Yeah. Okay. So I'm never going to say your, pronounce your last name, right? You got to help me. Call me John or whatever, Thibaut. Yeah. Whatever. It's not that important. <laughs> Thibaut. Okay. So ring, ring. Yellow. Hey, is this Thibaut? Uh, yeah, it's me. Hey Thibaut. It's Justin Michael. Um, from UAPI and uh, yeah I was curious who's in charge of your mobile strategy over there uh, I mean I guess uh, who are you calling from already yeah Justin Michael I'm calling from a company called UAPI and mm -hmm. I'm just trying to figure out before I waste your time who's in charge of your your native mobile app strategy uh, I am I am okay awesome um, we build mobile analytics systems to measure media how are you currently doing that um I mean, I'm, go I'm about to go into a meeting like in, in a few minutes. So uh, um, is, is it like, can you maybe call me back? Yeah, I'd be, I'd be happy to call you back. I just, um, in order to make it relevant, I just want to understand who you currently use for um, measuring your media. So, I mean, I have like a, a kind of a stack where we have a bunch of things. We use like Adjust, we work on a ton of things. It's quite complicated, but uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's quite complicated. Adjust is great. Um, yeah, big fan. How's that working out for you? It's working well, you know. Uh, I mean, it's it's a European company first, so so there's a few things that, that are working really well. Uh, obviously, it could be better, but, uh, you know, we're pretty happy with it. Interesting. So when you say it could be better, I'm just trying to learn, right? I'm not, I'm not going to hard sell you here. I want to figure out how I can improve my pitch. So um, what could improve there? Just so, just so I have some perspective. So the deep linking part is really bad. Uh, it's, it's really like the experience for people on, on mobile is, is pretty bad. And uh, with the uh, iOS 14 coming out, it's just, I'm super scared of what's going to happen there. Very interesting. Um, well, you know, we have a, an analytics system that's, uh, it's pretty rock solid, you know, it, it depends on your use case, whether you're using web or mobile. So we'd have to look at it. I can't tell you for sure it's going to work for you or be better but you know probably keep adjust in place and put put our solution in alongside it could make adjust even more effective and uh, we'd be willing to you know test that with you and see if we can increase the effectiveness of your current stack 
Okay. Yeah. I mean, can you maybe send me an email so we can, you know, we can, we can talk about that and uh, and see how it, you know, how how it can work. Yeah, that's totally fine. I mean, I can send the email. Usually, I, I fall right into the spam folder. I'll be honest. But what about um, next Tuesday or you know, when do you have ten minutes where you're not slammed? Uh, let me check. I think next Wednesday in the morning, like early around eight, would work for you. Yeah, that works. So uh, I'll send you a quick invite, and I'm gonna invite uh, some colleagues on. And I'll probably shoot you a quick uh, email or text before to prep. Is that okay? Okay. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Tebow. Appreciate your cool. time. Thanks. Cool. Yeah. So I like the uh, the interrupt. You know, like who's in charge? I think, as you said, it's so much about power that when people say, you know, you ask that, everyone says, "I'm in charge." You know, even though even though they are not. And I think it's uh, it's pretty interesting compared to, "Hey, do you have 27 seconds to listen to what I've say?" Or you know, something like that. Yeah. So I tend to not use 10 or 15 minutes of your time or 27 mm -hmm. seconds. I tend to not sound like I'm making a cold call. I yeah. tend, to, tend to be very Zen and attached and upbeat. And, um, you know, I, I basically, what I ran you through is I start routing you. Who's in charge. You could have said you weren't, it was another team, but you said you were. So when you said, I am, it's like your power, your PL. Yeah. you control that. Now decision makers aren't in control of much but you can sign. And then we go right into what you're using because 90% of the time in SaaS, you've got adjust and I've got Kachava, right? I'm the yeah. VP of Kachava, real job. And instead of me saying, well, Kachava is better or Kachava is going to have better deep linking, I actually tell you why adjust is good. And then I say, how's that working out for you? And I wait, mm -hmm. and that's where you're going to talk yeah. and I peel the onion. I ask you more questions. You don't just say the deep links are bad and I go, oh, ours are better. I ask, well, what's ideally I would have used spin questions there and said, well, mm -hmm. what's the implication if you were to fix deep links? That would have been better coaching myself. Yeah. Yeah. And then at the end, instead of pitching you to rip it out, I tell you to just plug it into your stack or, you know, in this case, Hey, adjust has great deep links, but you know, we've got a DMP, we've got a data store where we've got these other features, plug that in also. And then maybe we could test mm -hmm. where the problem areas are around that discrepancy, but I'm not trying to rip at yeah. the end. That's hard because they've done a SaaS contract and they've locked in. And so the three pattern interrupts is one, I'm asking what they're in charge of. Mm -hmm. Just like a Jedi mind trick. Number two, I'm validating what they inherited, their gear, and then having them tell me why it's good. Because if you ask someone, are you happy? Are you successful? You want to make more money? Everyone's going to talk satisfied and then mm -hmm. be like, yeah, but I'd really like to make more. I'd like to be fitter. I'd like to do this. So it's human nature. It, and it starts to lower the resistance. Mm -hmm. um, if you can get them talking, they open up to you and it disarms them versus trying to persuade why they're wrong and they recoil and they defend yeah. their solution. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And you talked about also like, I really like the, uh, what you talked about, the 18 words we see on the, uh, the kind of preview. Um, and, and for me, it's, it's always something I try to do is whenever I write an email, I test it on mobile. And for me, I just want to make sure that I'm not going to, the users, the reader won't have to scroll and everything fits in there. And so you also talked about like images. Um, so can you can you tell me a bit more about, about how you use like images, pictures, or visuals in your emails? Yeah, so what happened is I built this Venn diagram, like just a three wheel mm -hmm. Olympic Venn. And I sent it to the chief digital officer of um, McDonald's and it set a meeting on the first, um, on the first cent you know, and it was incredible, you know, so that, that was pretty, pretty, pretty wild. Um, you know, so I, I thought, okay, why is this working? And, you know, I made this map 
where it was like the competitors, I put the competitor logos and then mm -hmm. our logo in the center to show the unification of how our solution unified these other ideas. Mm -hmm. And it, we were trying to do this converge. So the way you build the Venn diagrams, I have a whole training program around it, but any product marketing, like an explainer gift, anything under hundred kilobytes, and then you do it on the third day, you send your first message was a single sub subject line and a small 250 word email where the third sentence is the call to action. Second day, you do a thoughts bump. Your, your second day email is always mm -hmm. thoughts. That's it. Mm -hmm. And then the third, you nest a visual and you ask about it. You say, what are the implications of this diagram? And it works amazing. Okay. Okay. I think you're a big fan of Venn diagrams. You have yeah. like on your, on your community, you even have a channel for that where you have tons of Venn diagrams. So it's uh, it's pretty interesting there. Yeah. Um, and so, so talking about like, um, uh, let's say a number of touch points in terms of sequences. So a lot of people say uh, at the school of like making 30 touch point sequence, for me, I'm more like into four touch point sequence and really like short and sweet ones and just like moving further. So what's the kind of ideal number of touch points in a sequence in, in your opinion? So I build it as narrative clusters. I look a lot of frequency and sonics and like frequency and sound waves. There's like frequency, um, Basically, I do four clusters. So I go day one, two, three, wait 48 hours. Day four, five, six, wait 48 hours. So I have these tr these clusters. Cluster mm -hmm. one's like universal with some social proof of similar companies and the value prop that bumps day two. And then it's a then day three. Then I wait 24 to 48 hours and then I do a new cluster. The second cluster could be a use case mm -hmm. bump image. The third cluster could be G2 crowd testimonials. The fourth mm -hmm. cluster could be, you know, a specific concept. It could be, um, you know, what I don't do is I never link out to white papers. I never have any links in the emails ever mm -hmm. at all. Even okay. my opt-out is written. And I do this thing where it's like a fractal or hologram. Because if they open touch seven, it has to be, it has to represent the whole sequence. Mm -hmm. if they open, because people do touch seven, it says, hey, why didn't you answer the last email? Or what did you think of the PDF and last email? They never clicked yeah. out the PDF. They never read the email. So anything you want them to see, go read the white paper, take the quote out, go read mm -hmm. the white paper, get a little image of it, put it in line. Everything has to happen in line in real time. And I do 12 touches over like two weeks mm -hmm. where it's four clusters of three messages a pop. It's very assertive. And then I combine cold calls and voicemails uh, over the top. Okay. Okay. Does anyone have any questions on that? Yeah. Curious if we have any questions coming in. Yeah. Or just you can drop them in the chat or raise your hand and we're gonna make you uh, come and talk directly. So um, um, while we wait for the questions, I have like, uh, so the cluster, can you repeat that? So, so you start with a message, uh, then a bump and then a Venn diagram. That's, that's, that's one cluster or how does it work? Yeah, so step one is day one, you have an email subject line of one to three words. I might say mm -hmm. growth. Mm -hmm. And then the email says, hey Thibaut, I have a product that's very relevant to your work. Do you mind if I tell you about it? We work with Starbucks, Amazon, and Uber to help them drive 30% lift through advertising optimization. Um, when's a good time to talk? That's it. Day two, thoughts. Day three, Venn diagram. Mm -hmm. What do you think of this Venn diagram? What are the implications on your revenue? Okay. I wait. Then, uh, then there'll be a new one, new thread, new one to three word subject line, under 250 words. Hey, similar enterprises, saw they got you know that you know one of the the keys to the optimization was the ability to integrate with 4,000 ad networks mm -hmm. and then have machine learning algorithms optimize you know the postbacks or whatever like whatever it is you know wouldn't you find that relevant bump you know, it could be thoughts or you know, specifically we had this outcome and then mm -hmm. bump here's a here's a screenshot of how that works right so you're you're using like 
neuroscience, like hyper short text looking things with these bumps that look like you're trying to remind your friends to go to the movies. And then you have these visuals that are nested within. So it's totally, it's cutting edge. I released a series of guides. So anyone listening here, contact Justin Michael or Tebow. I'll give you every guide I have for free. And then I have a discord server that's also free with 1200 people in it, which is like a digital dojo. Think of Cobra Kai. They come in here and we tear down the email. So put in your sequence and I'll tell you how I would do it differently. You know, companies, um, Definitely pay me handsomely to consult them and customize the stuff, but all my materials are open source and free. Yeah, let me just actually, I'll drop the link to the, the sales board in the comment um, to the, the Discord server. I'm part of it actually, and uh, it's, it's super nice. There's so, so much value coming out of it. You're also doing this uh, um, cold calls, basically like simulation where you invite a guest and then you have this uh, dialer and then you just like, everyone's doing cold calls. So I think it's, it's pretty cool, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I've been, I've been doing stuff on my own dialer. I've been work, uh, working with Connect and Cell as a sponsor in Lead IQ, and I do things where I dial hundreds of dials and I get referrals and I show the system mm -hmm. and I walk through scripts. I still do a lot of cold calling to this day. I train people on it and uh, we're always coming up with new ideas. I mean, many people on the phone are going, well, I can't do multiply because I have to rip. So I have route, ruin, rip. But all I'm saying is you don't pitch at the front. It's like, yeah. hey, T-Book, hey, oh, hook. Oh, I'm just going to, if you know, Tebow's smart. And if I just convince him and hook him and Tebow's thinking like, ah, I got the system. I got Marketo. I can't switch. Yeah. That was part of my interview. I have to use Marketo. I'm the marketer. Like I mm -hmm. can't, you know, like, and you're in there and you're like, well, Marketo doesn't do this. Marketo doesn't do that. And Tebow's just sitting there as the decision maker, like, whoa, you don't even know my business. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what we want to train sellers to do. And so you like Gong did all this research on how much people talk in the first call, but no one's mm -hmm. ever had this framework on my calls. The prospects talking 95% of the time. And they often go for 10 to 20 minutes. And mm -hmm. what happened is I invented route room and multiply in 2007. I used to just close the deal on the first call. They just okay. go for 20 minutes, ask for the demo. We go through qualification and they just literally buy the thing. Okay. Now I really get the meeting because it's, you know, it's unlikely in SaaS that you're going to get through a committee decision to a buying decision on a call. It's, mm -hmm. it's not really going to happen unless you're transactional, but it puts you in this state. Now there's this key part of the meeting where you're asking them to talk and they start telling you why their solution's good, where the polarity needs to shift. They need to say, wait, why'd you call? Or what is this about? You kind of did it. That is the moment where they take interest in you. And it's like a vampire. Like you have to invite the vampire in where they can never come in. So I'm always looking for actually a power shift also. Like you see like the little Aikido master, like a hundred pound lady flips this 300 pound guy because he uses the weight. So the more they feel powerful and talking about their existing solution and why it's working and why they chose it, they disarm and then you can just flip them and they'll turn and ask. People hate to buy, they, they hate to be sold. They love to buy yeah. and people buy with emotion, justify and logic. So the minute they turn and say, wait, wait, Tebow, what are you selling? That's where you're in. That's, okay. that's your biggest chance. Okay, nice. Um, we have like a question here uh, where someone says, where do you get your data from? Data being names, email addresses, phone numbers, data is not cheap, so where do you get it from? Yeah, so, you know, I've, I've had a lot of uh, data, data ops experience. I bought data from Seamless, ZoomInfo, DiscoverWord, which are merged now. I've worked with Lucia, Cognizant, just everyone worldwide. The key is you have to have multiple data sources. You can't rely on just one, right? It's like, it depends. If you're talking about USIT, DiscoverWord is now part of ZoomInfo, is amazing. If you need direct cell phones and you're in Australia or Europe, Lucia, maybe Cognizant. Um, ZoomInfo, yeah. 
Zoom Info has a super wide data set. So if you're doing power dialing, it's awesome because if you have like a wide TAM target addressable market, total addressable market, and you have like, you know, you're doing restaurant SaaS tech, you can load up 10,000 restaurants in that thing and just blitz through it on connect and sell. So the answer is um, it's never perfect because 30% of it will be flawed. It's not the data company's fault. 30% of the market's just changing jobs. There's, yeah. there's just no way to solve it. That's why LinkedIn is a self-healing database is the key. You have to hit your lists against LinkedIn. And that's why I like lead IQ and, and zoom info does it too. And seamless is you overlay one list in LinkedIn and then you take the emails from there and then you push them into the sequencer. So it's, it's a lot of work, but it'll get you the accuracy that you okay. need. Yeah, there's in Europe, there's also a database called Venu, venu.io. They also do like a lot. They help you with your ICP, but it's kind of really Nordic centric. But as you said, I think the key is really having different database and uh, not, not having the assumption that every data, like all the data you're going to get is really perfect because people change jobs, as you said. Yeah, exactly. And um I'm also curious about the, the, the channels you're using on top of uh, cold calling and cold emailing. Do you have any other channel you, you're, you're working with? So that's why I asked you at the end if I could confirm the meeting by text message because I got a tacit opt-in. So one mm -hmm. of my big things is to get meetings I get on the text list. And then once the deal progresses into the opportunity stage, I move into text and WhatsApp into chat platforms because right. instead of having five people on the open email thread, I have the interactions one-to-one. Mm -hmm. uh, -one. So I'm a huge advocate for that. Okay, so so you you actually are trying to uh, to get like the phone number of the person you once you got the call and then you just like take every conversation on WhatsApp or text, right? I do, especially in the mid opportunity because it just moves it. Um, yeah, it, it moves it really quickly. Uh, it okay. just it, it helps break the chain. You okay. know, so I I have been a huge proponent for direct comms and. Um, you know, I, I think it's the it's the wave of the future is these micro interactions because you're on this yeah. big thread and you start hitting up your proposal and hey, are you going to do it? Are you going to do it? They've gone dark, boss. They've gone dark. But tell your manager. But the truth is, like Tebow's see, like someone who's Tebow's boss is on the thread and we don't know, and mm -hmm. Tebow can't respond because hey, like my director's on there. I'm waiting for the director. Everyone yeah. in the thread waiting around for the person in power to do something. So you have to like individually email them or hit them up on LinkedIn or hit them up in text or hit them up on WhatsApp and say, hey, what's going on with the deal? Or did you like my proposal? Or were we off? Or what do they think? And just, just start like a side conversation. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh no, um, you know, Travis has been traveling uh, or his family's sick. Like he can't get to it. We're just waiting on him. Okay. So that's a different forecast. There's nothing mm -hmm. wrong with the deal. The main stakeholder has a family issue and is gone and the whole team is waiting. So we have all this hidden this vacuum that's created with traditional email and everyone on it. And so I really got, you got to get away from that. You got to have yeah. lots of fast interactivity with all the stakeholders. But what, you know, what was important to you on the meeting? You know, do we cover off on the security, the privacy, the extensibility? Oh, you really cared about the ops piece. Oh, but you cared about the marketing ease of use. So it's, and they're all driven. It's like a political campaign. They're all mm -hmm. buying for reasons they themselves understand. And you have to harmonize that. And so you have to be thinking strategically of doing this consensus sale from prospecting, mm -hmm. multi-threading, getting more stakeholders to your call, going top down, uh, middle out, bottom up, having sequences that we're writing email sequences to multiple ICPs. Mm -hmm. ideal customer profiles and the personas within them. So we might have a VP of marketing sequence, a VP of sales sequence and a VP of IT sequence or a C-level sequence all running at the same time mm -hmm. with hundreds of prospects in each one tailored to the relevance of the business case for each stakeholder. Mm -hmm. Less about, hey, 
here's some sports we like in common or, hey, we all know Aaron Ross because we all do, right? <laughs> it's more about what is the pain or fear? And that's why I talk about relevance at scale, timing and relevance. We've had a job change, a funding event, innovation, there's some trigger event. You talked about this. And because they have a problem and a challenge, boom, we hit the challenge. If I contact you and say, Tebow, I love Europe. Let's go watch some electronic music. You'll be like, find me on Facebook. But if I say, hey, Tebow, I can help you grow your consultancy by 30%. I worked with four other trainers in Europe and did it. You'd be like, okay, that's interesting if it's real. It might seem scammy, but if I'm really precise, yeah. you might meet, but you're not going to take a meeting if I'm like, hey, let's go hang out in Europe. I mean, you're like, I got enough friends. I'm trying to make money today. Like, I'm not trying to get a new American friend. <laughs> I like your trigger. Hey, I like Europe. Let's go listen some, to some electronic music, <laughs> which will actually work for me because I'm a big fan of electric music. But, I am uh... too, but the problem is I don't want to talk about that right now. Yeah. On a Wednesday morning at 7 a.m., I'm trying to do, get business done. Yeah, right? exactly, exactly. Now that's 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 super interesting, and uh, and I think the the timing is is so important, as you said, you know, in your Venn diagram, where it's not just personalization and relevance; it's more like timing and relevance which I think is, is really, really interesting uh, because we always have this debate about, uh, you know, where people say, hey, you have to personalize uh, and be relevant and it can be pretty challenging, but often the timing will actually determine a lot of things and a lot of the, of the success of your, I mean, a lot of the um, successful outcome for your outreach. Yeah, it's really, it's really true. So you got to nail timing and the biggest, the biggest timing is a, uh, is a job change. Mm-hmm. That's the key. Um, job change triggers are key. They said something in IT that in the first hundred days, IT, I mean, if you're like enterprise IT, you're going to move a million bucks around. You're going to mm -hmm. like the CTO or CIO is going to come in and look at it and be like, no, we're moving off Amazon Web Services. We're going to Microsoft Azure. Yeah. Oh, no, we need Hadoop or we need, you know, this piece of the stack. And they bring in vendors they understand because maybe they move into the company and it's like legacy tech and they're going... Mm -hmm. And they've even been hired to modernize the tech stack. Yeah. So that during the interview process, there's even discussions that, hey, can you analyze how we use tech and put some of the new stuff in, assemble a team and re-engineer this into the cloud or into edge computing or K8s or whatever newfangled you know, system they have. So one of the things that I train sellers to look for is internal promotions, job changes. But remember, there's feature function benefit sales you're trying to like whiz bang and you know better mousetrap then there's compete well why is it better than competitor people get stuck here but the biggest reason people buy technology is politics they want to get promoted they want to look good internally they want their boss to think they're cool they want to feel important right after they join a company so and then to be a trusted advisor if i can help you advance in your career inside the organization we always said this at exact target make the customer a hero mm -hmm. right they buy the salesforce marketing cloud and their leads go up and their e-commerce site like takes yeah. off. What do they do? They get promoted. They're given a team. Why? Because they chose this software that works and gets ROI. It's real. Yeah. Yeah. So that to me is like, that's the whole business case that I'm selling on. I do political selling, which is like not talked about anywhere. But if you yeah. look at Jim Holden's book, the original name was Confessions of an Ivy League Street Fighter. New power base selling, which mm -hmm. is, that's the key. Yeah. I really like what you said about the, uh, be, you know, making your customer the hero. I actually recently did that and I, I won the deal like that. And the question I asked was like, how will this like uh, uh, collaboration or, or the kickoff I'm going to do will help you land your next promotion? And then it was like, I didn't think, it this, think about it this way, but, you know, it kind of positioned the guy and it kind of led him to, to think about, okay, I'll, 
this guy can help me get this promotion and maybe didn't even like officially thought about it but that's what that's why i'm getting him uh, in because he's gonna he's gonna make me look good actually and i think it's uh it's super interesting and as you said if you're in it you're gonna you know there's millions you're gonna you know you're gonna move there so i think it's uh, it's pretty interesting yeah that's amazing so we have an, another question here. So if you're a new hire at a new company with poor training and a welcome to the NFL culture, where do you start? What do you do first? Learn the product, build a list, build ICPs. What does day one, hour one look like for Justin? <laughs> let me see if I can read that in the, ch the chat. It's in the Q&A. Is it in the Q&A? Let me, let me look at that. Okay. Welcome to the NFL culture, like National Football League. What do you do first? Learn the product, build this, build ICPs, day one hour. So here's the thing. If you're going to be doing software sales, learn a technical demo. Do it, even if they don't require it. You need to be able to demo the software yourself. And when I say technically demo, you're, you're moving around the user interface, the UI, UX, you're moving from screen to screen, explaining what things are. You can take notes, meet with your sales engineering team but go through the pain and the reps in the first 30 to 60 days to learn how to technically demo your software as a service product yourself. That way, if you get caught flat-footed without your sales engineering resource or without other founders of the team, you can stand on your own two feet and explain exactly what this software does. I went through an elite training program at Bidalgo where I had to do a dry run in front of the CTO, the CEO, the CRO, walk through all this advanced automation and media buying with algorithms and machine learning. I memorized a lot of the stuff. I started to understand it. Everybody took me to the demos. The better I got at the technical demoing of the product, the more power I had in meetings to dovetail questions back into the demo to show pieces to, you know, it's like you really do, you're selling a product in order to believe, believe in it. You have to have product knowledge. Mm -hmm. And I know that's a, this is a very tall order because you're thinking I've got all this other stuff to do, but this is one of those things. If you slow down to speed up, take a, a you don't have to be technically gifted, but become technically curious and look under the hood and ask a million questions about how the software works. There are no bad questions. Now the technical people in the company will love you for that because normally the sellers just go out there, rattle the deck, rattle a script. Um, the more you understand the product, then you can align that on LinkedIn with who will buy it and the ideal customer profile and the personas and the skill tags on LinkedIn. And, you know, what is it? Why would they have PHP versus SQL versus Node.js versus, you know, project management, like looking and being curious in the prospects. You're, a, you're, you know, you're going fishing and I'm a fisherman out there, like study the fish. So become wildly curious about one sales analysis. Why were these deals won? Meet with top sellers, meet with customer support, meet with the founders and say, walk me through the last three huge deals from soup to nuts. How did you generate the inbound lead? How did you progress it? What did the demo look like? Why did they buy it? Why are they still with us? One sales analysis is super powerful. As far as like setting this all up in day one, read like crazy, apply like crazy. Um, there's, there's a lot of things to do. Um, the biggest learning is, the 80-20 rule is massive. Like my systems all figured out that 80% of what we do in sales is waste. Like only 20% can be effective. In an eight hour day, you know, only 20% of that day and 20% of your actions are going to yield uh, this incredible result. So um, you wanna get really good about smart activity, time blocking, right? In the morning, make 15 calls. In the evening, make 15 calls do manual testing of these email systems until you get a good subject line and get good open, some good responses, do manual triples. And then from there, put that into outreach and sales loft and Zant and Groove and the sequencers. 
do manual cold calls one at a time to cell phones, direct lines. And then from there, start putting that data into a script and into a power dialer. So it's all about measure twice, cut once. It's about your learning, your A-B testing, you're seeing what works, and then you push it to the automations. Otherwise, if you just copy templates off the internet and push it into outreach, you're just gonna amplify vanilla or generic or garbage. You're not really gonna understand. Like, are you selling to one stakeholder? Probably not. What are the top two or three stakeholders? Map your ideal customer profile. What makes the VP of marketing tick and buy that versus the VP of sales? Seems obvious. And then you'll want to tailor the messaging manually to each one of those stakeholders. You'll want to make sure you, you meet with your higher ups to get data, right? You need the right tech stack, which is my new book's all about tech powered sales. Um, so there's quite a lot going on when you join a company and you kind of have to inherit and MacGyver the stack you get, come in, be as successful as you can with what you get. And it's not going to be perfect and you're not going to be able to fix it. And you're not going to be able to buy anything fast. Even as a VP of sales, it can take months to come in and convince people to buy the automation. I've had to convince companies to purchase tools like sales loft and outreach. It's, it's taken months. So what am I doing those months? I'm not, not selling. I'm, ma I'm you know, making 30 to 50 phone calls every day myself and two call blocks. I'm sending, you know, 75 emails. I'm all over LinkedIn trying different connection styles and, you know, voicemail drops and video drops. And so I'm completely hyperactive so that when I finally do <laughs> get the tech stack, I can use it. Right. Like, that thousand dollar big Bertha driver is not really going to make me better at golf if my swing sucks fundamentally. Mm -hmm. So I would slow down, uh, understand the prospect, leverage the current stack the best you have and get really sharp on the product, read case studies, use cases, success stories, be able to walk people through conceptually how the value is driven. That that's critical. Um, the other thing I would say is you have to think left brain and right brain in messaging. That's what this webinar is about today. The whole return on investment and logical case justifies emotion. There has to be something that triggers pain and fear. Whatever you sell, whether it's make money, save money, reduce risk, satisfy regulation, if there's not something that they're challenged by, frustrated by, ripping their hair out, house is on fire, the biggest enemy is do nothing. According to Tony J. Hughes, it's the status quo. You actually don't get outsold and lose to the competitor. They just don't do anything. <laughs> 75% of the time, the customer just like doesn't buy any SaaS at all. They just sit there and go, eh. and they get free consulting from two or three of these vendors who came in and taught them all about, you know, customer journey lifecycle management. So I, I can stop now, but <laughs> it's an honor rant. Uh, that's, that's, I think that's a, a pretty good answer. And uh, often it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's about the ICP, you know, you you know, make sure you understand your ICP, what problem they're trying to solve. And as you said, being technical, like, uh, and not relying, you know, on your solutions engineer, sales engineer is super important for me. Typically I had no choice, you know, I was selling uh, in France where everyone was speaking only in English, like in my, in my company for, you know, I was selling uh, crowd testing. So French people that are like, really they're known for not speaking English at all. So I had to do everything in, in, in French. And so I didn't take any sales engineer. I was just like, I have to, to learn everything by myself. And it's really, really helped. And uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, we have Andy here who says he's a proud Salesborg member. And he has one request. Just in any chance, you'll do a Discord calls at an EMEA-friendly time zone, which means yeah, in your um, morning. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, start, I'm going to start doing more calls with Connect and Sell early in the morning, calling VPs of sales for my own consulting work. I've been doing a lot for different clients and different exhibitions. So that will happen um, somewhere in the next 
hopefully next couple of weeks. So stay tuned for that. I really highlight the, uh, the framework. If you'd, anyone would like to sign up for my stuff, I just made it all free and put it behind salesborgs.ai. It's very hard. The, the name was originally Tony Stark, the Avengers, but I didn't want Disney to sue me, right? So <laughs> seller and cyborg is salesborg. But what I'm really talking about is neoclassicism. Basically, here are the most strategic old school techniques in neuroscience and persuasion and these philosophies like the human brain, this version is 40,000 years old. There's nothing changing in the human brain in you know 1920 versus 2020 zero right there's, there's no difference between the human brain if we go into the amazon jungle the the human face makes the same you know 10,000 expressions there as a new yorker like there's the absolute parody from a neuroscience perspective so what we need to do is we need to look at the down funnel closing mm-hmm. and the strategic reasons that people buy like actually put six and seven figures on the line and take those dynamics and take the sound and fury from the bottom of the funnel to the top funnel and then pre-engineer from the very top of how we interact with customers with the end in mind with that strategic way and so my frameworks take young sellers who have never done any of this and it, it makes them sound like they have 30 years experience because of the way it crafts visuals and narratives and the way it uses social proof right like if they if i contact someone in mobile marketing and say that i'm working with starbucks uber and amazon to optimize their apps, who's not going to want to know about that? <laughs> so there's ways to, you know, use anchor customers and social proof to get in the door. That's very powerful. I didn't really personalize that message at all. It's just very relevant to the, the pain they're trying to optimize their advertising for their mobile app. So it's it's so relevant that they probably should meet and and learn something. That's that's sort of the key. Yeah. Okay. So we have another other question here. If your product has six main features. Do you build an RRM script for each feature or do you just pick the feature with the biggest pain? Well, I think this is what's interesting is with route rune multiply, you're first saying who's in charge of something. A lot of times you say, hey, it's Sally. And then you say, hey, can I call Sally? Can I say we talked? I'm not going to be a sleazy salesperson. You, you can tell me. When you hit the ruin phase, what do you normally use? They start to talk to you. Well, yeah, I got the system. It's great. But you know, the customer service is bad because they're in Australia time. I got to wait a day. When you're in the ruin step, they indicate the pain, you peel the onion. So if they're telling you their pains or latent pains, latent means it's under the surface, they don't know. You're then matching the six features to that. So sit back, keep interviewing them, peel the onion in the mid stage. And then when you go to pitch in real time, line up the top two or the top three. Could be all six, but what you're trying to do is as they tell you their pain, you peel it, okay? But you have that pain, when did it start? The whole thing's like, you go to the doctor, you're like, my knee hurts. They say, okay, great. We're going to amputate. You go to the doctor and say, my knee hurts. And they say, when did it start? Oh, last week, yeah, I fell in the kitchen on my daughter's toy. Oh, here's some Tylenol. So this is what we do as sellers. Like you, you, no matter what they say is wrong, you have to assume it's a symptom, not a problem. This is just spin selling, situation, problem, implication, need. So in the mid step, when they're talking, the ruin step about how great it is and then revealing, peel. And then from there, when you hit multiply, say, keep the system, but, and then match a couple of your feature benefits to the pain. And then, you know, you know by all means, like, you know, patterns will appear. You'll have, you'll have a script for that, but it's there's kind of a, a real-time nature. I hope it answered the question. I like the, uh, oh, your, your, you know, your, your, your knee hurts, let's amputate. I feel it's definitely <laughs> the same when, you know, someone talks about something and then you're like, okay, I'm going to sell the biggest plan and just make as much money as I can. And again, you know, if you focused on, on your own commission and just making sure you're pushing your own stuff, 
you're going to amputate like a person who, who just didn't need the Tylenol, as you said. So I think it's, it's super interesting, uh, you know, just to peel the onion and, and take the first things as symptoms and then trying to understand what's the underlying problem there. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Good. So um, any other questions are remaining? So maybe in, in last, one last thing you'd like to say, Justin, any, anything, uh, anything you'd like to pe people to actually remember before they're leaving? Yeah, so I think the biggest thing is A-B test everything. There's no one system that's a magic bullet for email or cold calls. Um, think about linguistics as heuristics, which is a word that means meta frameworks. It's not the template, it's what the template means. If you say something humorous, it's humor statement. If you say something comparing it, it's social proof. If you have a, you know, something that shows the value, a unique value proposition. So think of linguistics as puzzle pieces. Go and study all the systems on the market and then make it your own. Go get my systems for free and write your own emails and integrate them with other systems. What I tell people is, you know, go, go get Josh Braun and Beck Holland and then take it and then mix it with the Justin Michael method or compact it or A-B test elements of that with mine. And the reason I, I teach like this is it's like music. Can you imagine someone goes to play the guitar? I played the guitar 20 years. I said, I'll only play Eric Clapton. Now I felt like that. I met Eric and I thought, you know, this is the cool way to go, but would I not study Stevon or Jimi Hendrix or Wes Montgomery or Pat Metheny? I mean, I, it's, an, it's an amalgam. Selling is an amalgam of the sellers that came before. You know, get Gap Selling, get Sandler, get Miller Hyman, study them all. Even if you're in the top funnel, you think I'm an SDR, I'm just going to study that. Study all of sales. Because you need, there's tactics and there's strategy. And um, you actually need, in order to be very strategic, you have to be tactical. And to get your tactics to work, you have to think strategically. It's inextricably linked. The solution to the top funnel is hidden in the down funnel. That's the greatest mystery. It's a paradox. So, you know, that's, I'm going to go out on that. That sounds like really uh, <laughs> groundbreaking. Okay. So we have one last question here and then, and then we'll, we'll wrap this up. It's what are your thoughts on tracking pixels in email? I remove them. I think they're creepy, but my marketing manager insists on them. <laughs> Good question. Um, I always track, um, you know, uh, when I was working at LinkedIn, we had a policy we didn't track, but I track and then I break the fourth wall. I said, oh, you opened my email five times. You opened my email seven times. I'm super transparent about it. It's less creepy. You know, if they don't like it. That's fine. Um, and, and that's your personal uh, choice, you know, and I don't, uh, you know, I don't want to, um, I don't want to influence like your, your integrity and your principles in that area. For me, as long as I'm open about it, they're willing to be tracked and it's in their interest. And the fact I'm saying I, I believe can bring this value, um, you know, that's, that's all I care about. So you have to kind of choose what tech stacks you like, or if there's a creepy factor, you can totally use these systems without tracking. You can just assume they're being opened. It is nice though, in outreach or in sales loft or in Groove and Zant and these different uh, automation platforms, I can name, name a lot more like Apollo and Limlist and it goes forever for SysIQ. If you see you get three or four opens, you can kind of impute and think, oh, they're opening my email five, six, they're probably forwarding it around the water cooler digitally. So there's the awesome signals. They look at your LinkedIn profile, I better call them. They open the email five times, I better call them. So there's a lot of data-driven responses now because we can see that. I think that's totally fine if you're open with it and it can even be amusing, you know? So that's what I got. Helps with the timing part of it, you know? You know, when you see, like, I think it can be super important. So yes, it can sound creepy, but it's, uh, I think it's, it's, uh, it's a really cool tool. So for me, I would keep it because there's a, it can really help you with the right timing, basically. Good. So Justin, any, you know, where can people get more of you? Uh, you know, 
where can people contact you if they have questions or what's the best way to uh, to follow you basically? Yeah, so go to salesborgs, like seller and cyborg, S-A-L-E-S-B-O-R-G-S dot A-I, salesborgs dot A-I. If you put in your email address, you'll get all my free, free guides and access to my Discord server. And then just find me, Justin Michael, on LinkedIn. And then I think my Twitter is Tony Stark 2020s. I think I can get away with that. And uh, I'll see you. I'll see you in cyberspace. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I really recommend the the uh, going to salesborg.ai. The community is super nice, and uh, it's it's super nice. So really, do it. <laughs> cool, good. Thanks, Justin. Uh, it was super nice to have you in there. And uh, yeah, I guess uh, enjoy the the day in uh, California and talk soon. Thanks, brother. Thanks for everyone Thanks, coming man. on board. And uh, we'll see you in the salesborg. Cheers. Ciao. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you like what you hear and you want to suggest a topic or a guest, you can join the T-shaped sales community. It's a 10 euro a month subscription where you'll get access to one new tactical training every month, a community of sales reps and exclusive events and discounts. Join today and get one month for free at www.saleslabs.io/tsc.